Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. I don't know if I want to interrupt you. You're having such a good time. Yeah, so good to visit, connect with one another, see people you haven't seen for a while, or maybe this is your day as a family to gather together and, hey, let's start with a service and then we're going to do lunch. And Easter weekend is a great time to celebrate that our God is alive. And this morning we are so full as a house, um, so just giving you some context for those of you online that uh, when the three-minute countdown timer was finishing, people's parents were still heading out. The lineup was long, so the kids' ministry is going to be full out there with lots of activity and fun to, to have together. But you know, on Resurrection Sunday, not everything is willing to be resurrected. Did you know that? <laughs> Maybe you're thinking back to how you felt when your alarm went off this morning, and you're like, oh yeah, that's me. But this morning, our blessed center uh, projector did not want to resurrect after Good Friday. It worked fine on Good Friday, but this morning it would not project. So I'm telling you that because some of you are very detailed people, and you'll want to make sure I know after the service. And you'll want to say, but Brian, if you just use the center screen, I know. <laughs> and yes, the white font on the side, and you couldn't always see through that. You know what? We're not worried about those things, because I hope that your relationship with God is so real that it doesn't depend on a projector if you could praise him. I hope your faith in Jesus is so fresh and experienced daily that the words overflow out of you. And if you don't see the font on the screen, it's okay, because God knows there's a, there's a worship song in your heart. Are you with me? And if you are here today and you're saying, I don't know God like that, well, then don't go anywhere because I want to tell you about him this morning. Because he can fill you with such a song, such a heartbeat for his truth, his spirit, that you're going to want to press into him every day of your life. Since the middle of January, we as a church community have been pressing into the get to know this God in a deeper way. We've been on a journey to discover God's plan that involved the cross, the empty tomb, and the resurrection. Since January, we've been talking about how God throughout history planned to make it known to all of mankind that he loves us, he wants to save us from sin, and he wants to fill us with life now and for all eternity. That's since January we've been on a journey. So if you sense some excitement in the room and you're newer plugging in just for today, that's where this excitement comes from. Because we've been saying, God, we believe that you sent your son Jesus. And on, on Good Friday, we hosted a service right here and we shared in communion. We broke bread together. The bread that symbolizes the body of Christ. We lifted up a cup of juice that symbolizes the blood of Christ that was poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. That was part of our celebration on Friday. Today, you heard the baptism testimonies of, of every generation there saying that I want to live for Jesus because he has changed my life. And this morning, we're going to focus in on the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going to solely go there. 
If you have a Bible with you or a device and you want to follow along with me, come to Luke 24. And you're going to see some translation for our Slavic-speaking community. We've got some translation that's going to be up on the screen because our main translator's away on a mission trip this weekend. So I, I, we did some translation so that we could um, involve our Slavic-speaking community along with us. So let me read from Luke 24, and I'm going to read the first 11 verses in this chapter, all about the resurrection. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone was rolled away. And when they got there, they also entered in to see that the body of the Lord Jesus was not there. While they're wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? He said, The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hand of sinners, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all the things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and others who were with them that told this to the apostles. But... The apostles did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Now I'm going to go over to John chapter 20 and pick up John's account of these same events. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and he looked at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him, and he went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead, then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now, I'll go that far in the accounts about the resurrection this morning. For first, let's just summarize a few thoughts. We see that this was, this was happening on the, on the first day of the week. And we see that the women came running out. How many was there? There were three of them, right? But then notice in the script, it says, Scripture says three of them and others. So it was more than three of them that were gathering. And they came and they saw that the, the tomb was empty. They saw the cloths that Jesus' body had been wrapped in were just lying there. And, and they were like, what's going on? And they were, they, they were filled with joy and they were filled with some apprehension, some fear. And they, they ran back to where the rest of the disciples were. And they reported to them. But notice Luke said their words seemed like it made no sense at all. <laughs> Nonsense, Right? Because they were probably so ecstatic and excited and fearful. And they were just like, he's not, he's, it's empty. You know, can you picture what was going on? And the disciples were like, Peter and we know it's John. We're like, they're looking at the women, they're listening. And Peter's the guy who has to see things for himself, right? 
So he takes off running for the tomb. And John says the same. And John, the author who's saying this, says, but, but, but I outran Peter. I'm just not going to, you know, I don't want to tell everybody, but just so you know, I got there first. But Peter, who had been with Jesus for many years, Peter had to just go right in and see for himself. So he just ran right past John and into the tomb. And he looked and it says, then they believed. They believed that Jesus wasn't there. <laughs> they believed that somehow he miraculously he has been resurrected. And he's, and he's not there. And then we read that they, they went back to where they were staying. So all this excitement and un, uncertainty and trying to figure out what's going on, the, the guys still went back. So the disciples are trying to figure out like what's transpired here. The women have, have experienced two angelic men. Their clothes were like lightning. And, and they're like, what was that all about? But we can't deny that we saw it. And so they go back and they have some conversations about this. And what do we do? We don't know what to do. Some stayed in that upper room and, and some went out walking. <laughs> just, I need to get some fresh air. <laughs> I need to just get some sunshine. I need to just think this through of what we are all experiencing. Well, we read, if you carry on in Luke, I'm not going to read it this morning, but I'll summarize for you. Two of them went walking on a road that led to another town called Emmaus. And while they were walking along, we, we again, we're, we're not sure who were the two that were on the road. Well, we know one of them was Cleopas. Their name, his name is given, or John calls him Clopas. He takes the E out, so a different spelling. But our authors tell us, that, or our commentators tell us that that's the same person. So we know one of the two that was walking along was Cleopas, and the others could have, been, could have been Simon Peter. Some think it was Luke because he authored and wrote this account. Others say it was Cleopas' wife, Mary. I'll tell you more about her in a moment. So anyway, we know it's two apostles, two disciples, followers of Jesus. Two that had heard their report, the tomb is empty. And so they went walking to get some fresh air. And while they're walking, Jesus comes up beside them. And, he, and they don't recognize him. So note that. They don't recognize Jesus. The one they've been following, learning about, the crowds have been gathering around. But these two who were faithful followers of God and believed Jesus was God's son, didn't recognize him. So there's something new and different about him in his resurrected form. And he turns and he says to them, what are you talking about? And they're like, does he not know? Has he not heard? You know, it's the talk of the region everybody's talking. And they go on to tell him that, that Jesus, the rabbi, had come, but the Jews had persecuted him and crucified him, and, they had, and he was dead and taken off the cross and buried in the tomb. And now some of our women went there, and the tomb's empty, and you know they're spilling out the testimony as well as they tell Jesus. And as they're telling Jesus all this, he responds to them, and he says, oh, he says, you foolish ones. He got their attention, I think. <laughs> you foolish ones. Why are you slow of heart to believe? And then Jesus goes on to talk with them and he tells them everything from Moses in the very first Passover right through to how the Savior had to die on the cross and be resurrected for sin. And he tells it all to them and they're like, I think they were thinking, this sounds familiar. <laughs> this sounds like some good you know, news for us, but, but we don't know. So they said to him, 
Well, the only thing we know, Jesus, is we're stopping here. We've walked far enough, so come on in, and why don't you sit with us and rest? And, you know, it's a long day, so why don't you come in and have some food? And so Jesus did. And it wasn't until he broke bread with them that their eyes were open, and they're like, it's Jesus. <laughs> you know? And it says, Luke says, and then he disappeared. I don't know how he disappeared, you know. I don't know if he just in the seat disappeared or walked through the wall. We don't know. But he disappeared. And the two of them turned to each other and they said, that was Jesus, right? And yeah, yeah, that was Jesus. You know? How are our hearts not burning and leaping inside of us that it was Jesus our rabbi, that it was Jesus the Savior, that Jesus really is alive? And I know this is some of their conversation together. Because they immediately said, we got to go tell everybody else <laughs> that we have seen him too. And so they get, get their stuff together and they run back to, I imagine they run back because they're filled with such excitement and they go back to Jerusalem to where the rest of the disciples are. And I pick up in verse 33 of Luke 24. They got, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Then they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and said, it is true, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus had recognized them. Didn't, they didn't recognize Jesus until the breaking of bread. While they were still talking about it, all right, this is Luke 24, verse 36. While they were still talking about their trip to Emmaus and their visit with Jesus, Jesus himself stood among them in that upper room. And he said, peace be with you. Or maybe he said, peace be with you. Or maybe he said, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they were looking at a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But I'm thinking they're still pretty rattled, right? <laughs> they're pretty nervous. They're pretty scared in this moment. So to make it even more real, do you know what Jesus said next? Hey guys, is there anything here to eat? I'm hungry. <laughs> literally look look in your bible that's what it says do you have anything here to eat can you imagine jesus showing up like this and you're trying to think is he a ghost or is it real is my faith here or am i crazy what am i looking at and then jesus is saying but no ghosts don't have flesh and blood you see it in his in his resurrected form and he said okay i want to i want you to know that I, I need some food. I've, I'm, I haven't eaten for three days. <laughs> and I'm a little hungry right now. The reality is setting in for them. Wait a second. This is really Jesus. He really was sent from God, but he was sent for us. The, the lights will start to come on for them, and, and we hear the authors start to declare this. And I give you one more insight from John's words. Because John says... That he adds to it that when Jesus said, peace be with you, that Jesus continued and said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. 
And he said, if you forgive anyone their sins, they will be forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they will not be forgiven. Like these moments for the disciples must have been just like a whirlwind of thoughts of what was coming together in their their experience. We read it in like three to five minutes here. But I imagine it was expanded. Jesus let some of the, the quiet just sit there. He let the jaws drop open. And he goes, you know, just let it sink in. He's waiting for the lights to come on. For them to see the truth that God loves them. And he sent Jesus himself. On the road to Emmaus, when he was explaining about how God had to send his own son to be the Messiah, he's talking about himself. But the two didn't recognize him yet until the lights went on. When he gets here to the upper room, he's describing that this had to be done to fulfill all of God's law, all that the prophets said, this was God's plan for me to come, to suffer, and to die in your place. And once again, Jesus was waiting for the lights to come on in the upper room. And you know I'm talking about the lights of their minds, right? (laughs) For their understanding to sink in, because we read that they didn't fully understand all that Jesus had said until it was fulfilled. Until the the revelation was personally felt for them to say, wait a sec, that means my sins are forgiven. That means Jesus is here for us. That means redemption is for us. We are all redeemed. I want you to receive and hear the depth of what Jesus is saying in these words. And so I'm going to I thought I'd do a little exam. It's exam period for university students, right? Can I add to your pressure this weekend? It's an open book, all right? You can use the book. You can consult your neighbor, poll the audience. So we're going to go with a couple questions here to see. Because this is Resurrection Sunday. These truths need to resonate in us because weary and and challenging Monday is coming. (laughs) Or Tuesday that's inevitable and it's challenges at work. Or Wednesday, and you got to face some of the conversations that you left before Easter weekend, and you got to pick back up again. This is why we want to hang on to the truth that God has sent a resurrected Savior to give us life and truth and hope. Who was the first to come to the empty tomb? How many? All right. And some others, right? And who were they? I heard a Mary, Joanna. And a Mary, yeah. And others were there gathering to be the present. Who were the two guys that ran to check it out? Yeah, we figure it's John. All right, good. See, this is an easy exam. The front row is going to do it for you guys at the back if, if you can't hear them. So they're, 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 they're calling it out here to me. And then there was the two on the road to where? Yeah, but they didn't recognize. Yeah, they didn't even see. When was it that their eyes were open? When Jesus broke the bread and served them. Because they had heard of him doing that before. They knew that was part of Passover. It had been done for hundreds, thousands of years since the time of Moses. And so they knew this was significant. And they knew that Jesus had declared this about himself. But why were the 11 plus disciples in the upper room, why were they afraid? Yeah, they thought Jesus was a ghost. 
you know, when he appeared in that room. And hey, guys, don't get too over-spiritual. Like, I'm sure some of us in this room would say the same. It's, it looks like a ghost coming in. Like, th their nerves, their anxiousness, their adrenaline was so heightened in this time. Because they didn't know, will the Romans rush in and, and will they get us and, and crucify all of us? Like, there was a lot of fear going on in this time. So it wasn't absurd for them to say, whoa, Jesus in his appearance looks like a ghost. When was the other, here, here's a bonus question. When was the other time the disciples said, it looks like a ghost, and it was Jesus? When he was walking on the water. When he came out after the feeding of the 5,000 in the storm, he walked to the boat, and, and the disciples again panicked and said, it looks like a ghost. And Jesus said, it is me. And he did the same thing here in the context of the upper room. Now, what did he remind them of that he had told them before he died? This is a little tougher one. This is, this is some extra points for this one if you get it. What did he remind them of? When Jesus came back, he said, what did I tell you had to happen? Yeah. He said, the Son of Man had to suffer. The Son of Man was sent for this purpose, to die on a cross, to be the sacrificial lamb, to redeem all of mankind. And then I like the one about what was the revelation that he gave them? He opened their eyes and they began to understand who he truly was. He started to give them understanding. But again, here's an easy one. Why did he have to die and rise again? Why did he have to die? was so cruel. Why did he have to suffer? Why did he have to be put in the tomb for three days? Couldn't, if God is God, couldn't he just snapped his fingers and said, voila, you're all forgiven? Yeah, he could have. Because he's God. He created the world with a breath. He created it with a whisper. He created you and I. So he could have redeemed all mankind just like that. But he required a sacrifice. He required the outpouring of blood to be atone for the sins of the one who had sinned. And so that's why he required for this crucifixion to happen for all mankind in our place. And then with Jesus rising, it's to give us hope and life again. What have you received because Jesus is alive? You have received forgiveness of sins. You have received life to the full here and now. And you've received the promise of eternal life. My, my resting place, my destination is now heaven because of what Jesus has done. You, because of what Jesus has done, you have received forgiveness. Because of what Jesus done, you have received eternal life. And because of what Jesus has done, he said, and now I breathe on you and receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Spirit of God. Now in this text that I've read, Luke 24 and John 20, I, I want to encourage you again, if they're fresh for you this morning, 
Like if you're hearing them for the first time right now as I share them with you, I want to encourage you to read them yet today. Read them tomorrow morning for your quiet time with God. Um, I've been listening to these chapters over and over and just letting them sink in. And what I hear from them, both what Luke and what John are saying to us, they are recording Jesus' words who said, because of what I've done for you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be a witness of me. And I want you to extend forgiveness to everyone who would receive it. That's what Jesus said. He said, I want you to now be my witnesses. And I want you to forgive everyone who will receive it. Now, friends, as you are here and you're hearing that, you're thinking, oh, no, this is where he's going to pitch and he's going to send us out and or he's going to tell us to go be witnesses for Jesus and tell. And, and then he's going to want me to forgive the people that are hard to forgive in my life. Actually, I'm not going to tell you to do that. That's between you and God. If he's saying that, that's what he's saying to you. But what I'm going to tell you is don't go out of here of your own, on your own ability and say, oh, either I can't do it or, oh, I'll try better this year. No. I want you to receive the gift of forgiveness and the grace of Jesus. Know that the Holy Spirit is alive in you for those of you who have faith and receive Jesus. And then I want you to go out of here and say, I'm going to live for God because of what he has done in my life. He has not only brought Jesus from death to life, he has brought him to redeem us and restore us. He has brought to to bring us from despair, take us from despair to a place of hope that overflows in our life every day. The song said, who pulled me out of the pit of sin? He did. Jesus did. Who paid for all my sin? It was Jesus. Who rescued me from the grave? Yahweh, God the Father. Who wants all of your life every day? Nobody but Jesus. We've been talking about God's divine plan. A plan that he purposed right at the beginning of time and preserved all the way through history. The mistakes of Adam and Eve didn't erase God's plan. The, uh, the mistakes of Moses didn't mess it up. <laughs> the uh, adultery of David didn't stop it from coming forward. And you can name people all the way through history right down to the activity of you and I. Didn't stop God from turning toward us with his love and his grace. I want you to know that this is our God, the God who loves you deeply and passionately. He wants you to respond to him in faith, and then he wants you to live by the grace that he gives you. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.